Awesome. Welcome, everyone, to today's webinar. We have a great guest today, and um, it's Tamsin Haley. We're going to talk about the 15 marketing mistakes you can avoid. And for those who don't know who Tamsin Haley is, um, Tamsin Haley has a passion for assisting business owners to get their businesses working better for them faster through marketing their businesses better. After business, social happiness has been helping businesses across the globe since 2018. This keynote that we're going to have today is based on her book, Don't Be a Twat Waffle, 15 Marketing Mistakes That You Can Avoid. Tamsin, the show is all yours. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for the lovely intro as well. And just welcome. Good morning to everybody. Thank you so much for joining from wherever you are. Or good evening if you're sitting in one of the other countries across the globe. So I want to take you through a bit about my book today, which is all about 15 marketing mistakes that we see business owners make all the time. And it's a couple of mistakes that if they're just ironed out a little earlier in the process, businesses would be able to get to a higher level of success a bit faster whether they're handing the information and knowledge that they you know, work out for their own marketing onto another team member or to outsource it. The main thing that we see is that a lot of the knowledge on in a business sits in the business owner's head and without actually removing it in a structured way that other people can understand what it is that we're trying to do, we end up with, with many missed opportunities as far as our marketing is concerned. So this is the book, Don't Be a Twat Waffle, and it's available on Amazon as well as on Take A Lot. So if you do want to have a copy to read through it, you're welcome to. It is written for busy business owners. So each chapter is a couple of pages and it highlights what each problem is, why it's a problem in your business, and then a solution to solve it with an actionable to-do list at the end of each chapter as well. So the first one that we see is that business owners are searching for silver bullets. We want a quick fix to the problems in our business and we want leads and we want them now. And this is a great way to think about our business and our marketing, but the realization needs to come in that unfortunately there is no quick fix. There is a bit of groundwork we have to do to make sure that we're connecting with the correct target audience and explaining what problem we solve and how we solve it for people so that it's easy to understand and that it actually qualifies our ideal target audience's life because we are the heroes in our own story and we actually only buy from businesses or um, services where we can see how it qualifies our life. So the best silver bullet that we can have in place for our business is actually to have a clear vision and mission, something that gives us drive and direction. And our vision is incredibly important as it you know, informs our mission and tells our mission is the easy part. This is how we do things and this is why we do it this way. Whereas our vision often speaks to that why that we have inside of us, this that, that idea of what is it that we were brought to this world to do? And if we can answer that through our mission and what our business is doing, it really does resonate with people and it attracts them to our business. So we want to make sure that we are nice and clear when it comes to our vision and mission so that the rest of the marketing can fall in place. Who do you make a difference to? A number of businesses really struggle with this. If you ask them who they're looking to connect with, who they're looking to sell to, the answer that often comes out is, well, anybody who. That's very broad. 
and it, it makes it very difficult to know who it is that we want to connect with. It helps if we've got a geographic region, definitely, and often some people have their genders of who they sell to, as well as how old they might be, but this is very baseline information, and we need to know as much as we possibly can about who we're selling to. One of my favorite things is that students and mothers of newborn babies are both awake at three o'clock in the morning, but for different reasons. But if either of those were your target market, you could actually be speaking to them online, as an example, while they're awake and engaged and scrolling their phones. And we do see that those two groups use social media at that time of day. So why wouldn't we want to make use of that opportunity? So the more we know about who we want to do business with, the better we can connect with them. And spending time going to work out, okay, what do they do on a day-to-day -day basis? And actually writing out, my ideal target market wakes up at this time, they do this at this time, they do this at this time, actually helps you see where you could have contact points with them, as well as what new pain points they might have in their life that your service or product could answer. So it's important to do that. And even to look at them at their life on a weekly rotation and even a monthly rotation, there might be some abnormalities from the everyday occurrences that can help you figure out exactly how to speak to that target audience. The environment that our business lives in makes a big impact. I've just used South Africa here as an example because with our nine different provinces, we have so much information to work with and so many different ways that people engage with information. But the same is true for different countries and different regions and different countries. The people who live in each space think differently and act differently. So there is no one blanket rollout approach that will fit all of them perfectly. And spending the time to get to know each of these audiences that you might have in different spaces can help you connect with them better. I'll give you an example. If we've got people living in Cape Town, so let's say Claremont area, and we've got people living up in Joburg and Santon area, both are fairly high LSM ranges. They make good money. They've probably got double income households. But Santon has other marketing opportunities that Cape Town doesn't have and vice versa. In Santon, one of the best ways that you can bring about new business is to have a billboard because Joburg is surrounded with, Joe, with, with billboards. As you drive around, you see lots of them in front of you. Or street pole ads are relatively easy to get hold of through the municipalities in those areas. Whereas in Cape Town, we're limited on billboards. It's not really part of our buying culture. You sort of see them on the road and we look at them and judge them a little bit and carry on driving. And street pole ads are something that's difficult to get to hold of, but we have lots more events and there's collaboration opportunities. So there's other ways for us to market down here. And when we know what is available in our immediate environment and what we can lean on, our marketing becomes more powerful. And when it comes to digital marketing, everything that we're doing in the traditional marketing space, whether it's outdoor advertising, car signage or anything like that, is another opportunity and touch point for us to use in digital marketing. So it's important that we actually keep everything in mind. But even in the digital space, people react differently and look for information differently. Facebook's a great example. We get lots of different community groups. Some of them are highly active with people asking for advice and referrals and a direction to be sent in, but others are absolutely deathly quiet. And sometimes the shift and change is so minuscule when we look at it from a geographic area that it's a bit strange and we need to find out what works for our business. 
where that comes from, just so you know, here in the Halderberg Basin, I think we're spoiled with about 40 different community groups on Facebook where you can jump online and ask people for advice at almost any time of day and you will get answers very, very quickly. But just a stone's throw over the mountain to Stellenbosch and those community groups are dead quiet. It's like asking a question and you will get crickets back. There's no debate about that. So it's important to know what your resources look like around your business that you can use for marketing. And then we hunt for leads. Most businesses are in a hunt for leads continuously so that they can carry on doing business. And this is a big driving force for business. Yes, we need leads and that's important, but rather than hunting for them, we should focus on attracting them, attracting them to our business. And the best way we can do that is to create a sense of trust and authority and showcasing where our knowledge comes from, what our knowledge is, how we add benefit to people's lives, and what happens when we approach our marketing from this relationship building space is the leads then start coming to us, especially if you give away things that have value to people. So great ways to do this for your business would be things like webinars or downloadables or just making sure your content that you're putting out there is speaking to people and their needs because it immediately triggers a thought in their head where they're going, but if this is the information that I'm given for free, what do I get when I actually pay? So that does help to keep that in mind and to rather focus on farming for leads than hunting for them. Where are your customers? So this is just a couple of the social media networks out there. It's a little outdated. TikTok's not even on here, but it gives you an idea of how many platforms there really are out there. And if each business were to go and create a profile for each of these, it would be overwhelming just in trying to keep up with them, to make sure that you're putting enough content out on them, to know what the change in the algorithms are. So rather than focusing on getting as many platforms as possible, to focus in on a couple where your ideal target market is spending time makes a world of difference. So if you've spent time figuring out who it is that you're talking to, this is a fairly easy bit. We get stats about every social media platform and who's using them, when they're using them, and you can actually go and decide what would work for your business. And it's important to do that and to check in every now and again as well, because each of these platforms start off attracting a certain group of people, but it evolves and shifts over time. TikTok is actually a really great one at the moment to talk about because it's not just teenagers who are online using TikTok anymore. The pandemic does seem to have created an addiction within adults, possibly starting with parents who climbed onto TikTok to see what their kids were busy watching, doing, getting up to, and ended up creating their own little TikTok addiction. We know that there are large customers on TikTok, people who have money and are willing to spend based off of something that they've seen on the platform. So that was something we couldn't have said three years ago, but now we know that it is a powerful platform for most businesses. Facebook, again, is going through different shifts and changes, and it goes through peaks and valleys through its life, being the grandfather of most of the social media platforms out there at the moment. It's had a lifespan, and it has shifted and changed. And at the moment, it's interesting to see that Gen Z is climbing back onto Facebook presumably to connect with family being the main reason that they're there. But this is something that we weren't expecting to see as the group on Facebook keeps getting older and older. 
failing to have a plan is actually planning to fail. So a lot of businesses focus on getting something out there, putting something out there, but there's not necessarily a concrete marketing plan behind what they're doing, which means that the efforts are fragmented and all over the place and possibly quite difficult to measure the success of each endeavor as well. So planning your marketing makes a world of difference. And the best place to start with is what are my current business goals? What do we need to achieve in the next 12 months? And then break that down into nice manageable goals I mean, good goals that you can strive to aim for, but break them down into goals and then go, right, how can my different marketing efforts help me to achieve this? And you can start by looking at things like your marketing message, as well as the channel. And then if you've got anything you want to do paid advertising behind or anything else that needs a bit more support than what it seems like initially. But with a plan, you've got something to work towards. And that every time you as a business owner, because things do get busy, come back to your marketing and go, right, what next? You've already worked out your next steps and what you can do to roll out and increase the efforts that you're doing rather than almost starting from scratch every single time you feel that you need to do something. This is a fact. Websites always take longer than you plan them to. And this is a big frustration point for most business owners. And it's why I've actually covered it in the book. And I've given a little breakdown plan as to how to make this process as easy as possible for you and whoever your web developer may be that you decide to take on this project journey with you. Well, there's an idea that, okay, we're going to start a website and it's going to take a month. And it can be the case if you have all your ducks in a row. Because most web developers end up waiting on their clients for all the pieces of information so they can build the project that they need. Or sometimes the projects take such a long time to get going that by the time it's almost ready to launch, we've re-looked at the homepage and now we want to change things around, add different information, or we've added on new services or products. So to make sure that we get it out as quickly as we can, that is a good representation for your business is important. So that's just something that's good to know. It's also really good to know that a web developer relationship should be a long-term one. So whoever you're finding to work on your website, make sure that they have a good maintenance plan in place because you do need constant updates on your website to make sure that it stays secure and can't be hacked, which we're seeing a big increase in these days. And also, you might just want to quickly add some pictures or just add this and to have that person who you've got a good relationship with, who can do it for you in a, in a time-effective manner is important. How do we know what is working in our marketing? And the answer here is we need to just test and measure everything. One of the easiest things that we can do in a business is whoever is answering the phone or the emails with the leads coming in, have a baseline question of how did you hear about us and make a note of it so that you can see which avenues are working well for your business. You can then decide where you would like to spend more time focusing, developing your marketing message and your content, as well as where an advertising budget makes sense, especially in places where you might be spending money already, but it's not getting a result. You can then assess it and go, okay, how do we use this better or is this not working for my business? Have we tried everything we possibly can around this? And let's move on to something else. Because then you can shift your marketing budget and make it work for you in the sectors where you're already getting good results. But we can't do this if we don't know the quality of it. And it's one of those spaces in a business where marketing and sales need to work very closely together. 
They are cousins, they work in the same vein, but their KPI at the end of the day is different. Marketing is about telling people what we do and attracting them to the business, whereas on sales side, we need to close those leads. So if sales is getting leads and plenty of them, but they're not the right quality, they're not the right kind of person we want to do business with, that information needs to go back to the marketing department so that they can just adjust and shift what they're doing to make sure that the business is getting what they need to. And without that communication, which we do see unfortunately fairly often, there is a bit of a breakdown as to what's actually working in the marketing. Is it working? Oh no, nothing's working, which is not necessarily the case. It just often needs a little tweaking and a little love to get the right results. A big fear for a lot of business owners is the content mill that comes with social media and that question of when is it actually good enough? And the reality is, is that when we're creating content for social media, it needs to be on brand. It needs to be relevant. But each post only lives for a very short period of time. Facebook or Instagram, those posts live for eight hours. A tweet lives for eight minutes. So it's good to keep that in mind when you are creating content. And that sometimes 70 or 80% for that piece that is being created is okay and is good enough. Because it's going to, as long as it gets a point across, puts out a message from you, which is in line with your business, it's doing the best job it can for the period of life that it has. So it's just a, a reminder, really, that sometimes we need to spend less time worrying about the absolute perfectionist possibility of that post and rather getting it out because done is better than perfect. And this is something where we get stuck because it can be so overwhelming, so much to do. But if we break it down and we go, OK, we're just going to do three posts a week is actually a good medium. And these are the things I need to cover your content creation actually becomes fairly easy and it's something that it becomes manageable part of your business. So a couple of tips and tricks there are definitely try and aim for about three posts a week for most of your social media platforms. When I say that, I'm excluding Twitter because we need a higher volume of content if they only each live for eight minutes. But everything else is about three posts a week works well. And if you can, sit once a month and just work out what it is that you want to say and get it scheduled, you're making your life a lot easier rather than worrying about your social media the whole time and the fact that there's a post that hasn't gone up in a while or you jump on and do five posts after each other, which also don't work well for the algorithm. So just that little bit of planning can make your life much easier and make sure that your marketing is consistent. All businesses should have a panel of experts. I think gone is the day where we have a singular mentor where we speak to them about anything and everything in our business because everyone has become a little bit more specialized and the world itself has become more specialized. So having the right experts behind you makes the world of difference. And it's worth spending the time figuring out who it is that you need for your business. What skills do you already have in your team and what do you need to complement it? And this applies to your marketing because you need to maybe have a digital marketing expert and a web developer. Maybe you need a graphic designer, but any of your marketing, your business space, sorry, you need to just have that assessment and decide who do I need to bring to the team that will be a good complement for us. And they, they become your, your go-to people for making sure that your business is working in the right direction. Sometimes you can have people who you've brought onto your team who maybe overlap a little bit in skills. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because then you can get more than one opinion on certain important areas of your business. But I would just watch that and make sure that you've got a nice diversification in your room to make sure that you can make the best, most informed decisions when you need to. 
This particularly happens when you are outsourcing. Your marketing suddenly starts working separately from your business because you're paying a service provider and they probably got you on a monthly retainer and they need to make things happen and keep things going and they're aware of this. So they trade things out and they might uh, struggle to get hold of whoever the contact is in your business, whether it's yourself or somebody else, to get more information as to what's actually happening on the ground, things that you're focusing on in the month. And it actually then creates a little silo away from your business. So we don't want that. Your marketing is your lifeblood of your business. If your marketing is done correctly, it not only attracts the right kind of clients to your business, but it actually becomes part of your your culture in your in your business. If you're all speaking the same language and attracting the same things through the way that you talk, through the mission, through the vision, then your marketing works inside your business and works well inside your business. And it can do this if you've got a service provider, but it's important that you make sure that you have a good, strong relationship with that person. So finding either in-house or a service provider that you're making use of that is going to work well with your marketing you need to make sure that you as the business owner connect well with them because marketing's job is to take a lot of the vision that's out of our business owners what's in their business and our business owners heads but we've got to get it out of there and onto the market nice and clearly We're all looking for greener pastures and to make sure that our business is doing well. But sometimes we focus so much on, oh, but that's looking good over there and that's looking really good over there that we forget what we have working for us in our business at that point in time. And what we should be working on is our next step. What can happen and does happen quite often is businesses will start a campaign and start trying out a couple of different channels, whether it be, say, newspaper articles and Facebook and maybe public relations altogether. And they'll do that for a short while. And then rather than adjusting and fixing what's go what's what needs to be adjusted and fixed in that space, they can drop those efforts and then pick up new ones. But the problem with doing that the whole time is your marketing is never progressing. You just stop starting the whole time and trying different spaces and not necessarily giving your target audience enough time to find you and connect with you, build trust and relationship with you and actually move themselves whoops, into your um, funnel. Sorry, guys, I speak with my hands. They got a little excited there. Um, so this is something to keep in mind that as you dedicate to doing certain activities in your marketing, that you give it the time it needs and adjust and fix and test and measure rather than just you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater to start again each time. A basic one, how can my service provider help me? And again, this applies to your internal team. Have the conversations with the people who are involved in your business and Find out what all they can do. What are they good at? What we see sometimes is that, especially on the server provider level, and I do enjoy using the web developer as a, a good example, but people will hire a web developer and bring them on board and say, okay, you are fixing my website. I know a number of web developers, though, who are either really good graphic designers or they're photographers as well. And that conversation never takes place so that you know what else they could offer you so that you've got less relationships that you have to manage as somebody who's busy and driving and pushing to grow your business and somebody who already knows what it is that you're doing so they can easily slot into what they, what those next steps are for your business because maybe it is photos. So just having that conversation, 
what is it that what is everything that you do what are you really good at what are you passionate about can help unlock a couple of skills that you have in your toolbox that you don't even know about at this point in time so enjoy that I find that to be quite a fun conversation I think that that's how I live life I just love knowing what people are good at doing and it's a highly beneficial you never know when you need to quickly give someone a call or ask them for help and assistance collaborating Figuring out when to collaborate or not to collaborate is a big part of our marketing. And this can, you know, on base level, be something as simple as I'd like to run a competition on social media and I need to find the right other brands to connect with us to help put us in front of new audiences rather than just running a solo competition. Something like that can work really well because you're attracting, let's say you get three businesses involved, three different audiences that are being created. And it gives you an extra sense of authority in that you're working with other businesses because the minute we're seen to not just be acting in our own silo but connecting and collaborating with people in our environment it it really elevates our status and we're seen to have more authority than maybe we have so of course we have we've got those relationships and we're busy leveraging on them so that's important to go and think about your business and figure out what spaces you'd like to collaborate with so it can relate to your marketing material and roll out in something very public like that, or even who do I want to lean on? Who are my service providers? Who are bringing in extra points to what I can offer my clients? If I want to give my clients a one-stop solution that I'm their go-to person, but I don't have all the skills to make sure I can do everything for them, who do I need to bring into my ecosystem to be able to add a flawless service and something around that which is important is making sure that whoever you do bring in has a similar work ethic to you so that your customer service remains the same and consistent and it's an important conversation to have as well how do you like to serve as customers what is your response time from the moment that somebody says yes let's do this how long do you need to get going how long do you need to complete the piece of work all of those are important questions when it comes to collaborations and it's well worth looking into because it can beautifully leverage your business and marketing efforts very quickly. And then often as a business owner, we can't see the wood for the trees because we're so focused on making sure that our clients and customers are sorted the whole time that we forget to take that step back and just think about the business. So this is a reminder to make sure that you're spending at least 80% of your time as a business owner, often easier said than done, but working on the business and 20% of the time working in the business. And if you're finding that you're not doing that, you need to look at what skills you can bring in to help you start doing that because that is one of the ways that you can really grow your business quite quickly is if you as your business as the business owner as the driver of this forceful change that you're bringing to the world has the time to go right what is it that we're doing how are we doing this and are rolling it out and directing and managing a team rather because it can actually make it far more effective for you in the long run so those are the 15 marketing mistakes that I cover in Don't Be a Twat Waffle. And I've started rolling out courses to go through this because it can be an overwhelming experience. And what we're seeing is that with a three-day session, we're actually covering half of the book and I will bring you out an advanced course later on in the year. But the participants of the course are walking away with a actionable marketing plan that they can start putting in place straight off the bat after doing this with us. And answering those questions that often plague business owners or I don't know what next or how to 
dealing with that in a small group environment so that they've got an empowered way to start focusing on their business. I see we've got lots of messages in the chat and I just want to check in and see if there's any questions. Chris did say he was going to put his hand up, so I'm guessing nothing too urgent came up, yeah. but if you have any questions and you would like to have a chat through them, you're more than welcome. Yeah, no, thank you, Tam. It's such an informative session. I think um, we might have to re-watch it just to write everything down. It was very, very cool and very informative. Um, I'll have reshared the, the, the link to rewatch any of the podcasts if you guys are interested. And please, if you've got any questions, you're more than welcome to put it in the comment box or unmute yourself and um, you can ask us personally. Um, one thing that I, I took out from this session that stood out was when you were talking about the security on the website. Hackers are becoming more active. And um, I think we really need to ask our web designers, you know, is everything up to date regarding our security? 100%. And if your web developer who did your website doesn't offer maintenance packages, because there are some who don't, ask them for a recommendation as to who do they send their work onto, because that also does help. Awesome. Tamsin, it seems like you've clearly presented us with us um, some great content. And I think we all took out so much today. Um, so thank you for, for being a guest on the webinar today. And um, we are waiting for that intense course, the, yeah, the full module. <laughs> yeah, absolute pleasure. So we are starting off the beginner course at the end of this month, and then I will be releasing the advanced dates, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Great. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for attending the session. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, everyone. Have a good day.